Welcome to Southpaws, episode 527, The Trust Thermocline. It's getting pretty chilly down here, and I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. And I'm Shiva. And boy howdy, what an interesting week it has been on Twitter.com. Maybe end up may you lived in interesting times kind of interesting. Quite true. Mm. <laughs> so... It should come as no surprise that a lot of our content does come from stuff we come across on Twitter. So things catching on fire as they have been since Musk has purchased it has uh, really raised a lot of questions as to the future of the website. It's been interesting to see how quickly the worm has turned of people's perception of the website going forward and how much of a whiny little bitch Elon Musk is. This guy tried to put a $20 price tag... And then Stephen King said, that's fucking stupid. I'm not paying it. And then he was like, well, what about eight? <laughs> and he's like, that's fucking stupid. No. I'm really amused that like a single person just negotiated him down to $8. Yeah, like but Stephen that. fucking King. I know, but there's so many celebrities on Twitter that have millions of followers. <laughs> and just like one of them was just like, lol, fuck you. And he negotiated it down to eight. And, like, and it wasn't even much of a negotiation. He was like, okay, well, how about eight? He didn't like... This Haggle is why he's such them. a good, accomplished billionaire, right? <laughs> and These like, are his business skills. He was snipping at AOC. He's been snarking replies and retweeting memes from his sycophants. Has Trump been unbanned yet? No. I think he realized that if he did unban Trump, that the rest of the advertisers that hadn't already dropped him would drop him. Mm -hmm. Because that would just bring a fresh wave of insane toxicity to the website that's already yeah. become more toxic in the intervening week since he's I purchased mean, it. The, the spike of N-word usage. I was, yeah. I was actually just going to cite that. There's people that have actually studied the metrics on that. And use of the N-word has increased by 500%. Well, and that was in just the few days after. I'm sure that the increase has only increased. Yeah, yeah. And I, one thing I noticed today when his whiny little bitch tweet about how the woke left is trying to cancel free speech, <laughs> that there were a shitload of replies that just weren't being surfaced from Twitter because they were probably people screaming slurs from first name bunch of numbers accounts. Mm. Like you'd see this reply from like Hank Green or whatever that has several hundred replies and you'd see like a dozen of them. Yeah. Because they're from accounts. The rest of them are from accounts that aren't verified, don't have an email address that are just like, when you could be a guy 37 and it's someone, you know, just screaming obscenities and slurs. So yeah. it's, just like, look, dude, you're getting a firsthand fucking view of what you're turning this site into with your massacring of the staff. And what was it about the Warren? Yeah, the so, Warren Act. So, what yeah. is the Warren Act? I hadn't heard of that. So before. I was I was reading the article I was reading earlier. Saverin's kind of there's an an act. I've seen people say that it's federal. I've seen people say it's California, and but apparently they have an equivalent in New York as well. Uh, so it could affect a lot of places. If you lay off more than a certain percentage and you're a business that employs over 100 people, you have to give them 60 days notice that their employment is being terminated. And that by not doing that, violates federal law and opens you up to a lawsuit. And the article I was reading, though, was interesting. It said that the, the people who are effectively fired now are actually still going to be paid until january 
till early January, two months from yeah. today. They're going to get one month of severance, which they noted, the article noted was half as much severance as they, as they got when it was a public company prior to Musk's acquisition. So they're still going to get paid and then they get severance. So they're actually... So the penalty for um, violating the Warren Act is that you have to pay back pay and benefits for the 60-day notice period. So by doing this, the company has already effectively paid the penalty that they would suffer under the Warren Act. So basically that's not going to go anywhere. This has been done before, apparently, by companies. And by saying, we'll continue to pay X date, including benefits, by the way, Mm -hmm. they go to court. Even if they lose the case, well, here's the penalty. And they're like, we already did that. And it's like, okay, well, we're done here. So what's funny is that from what I saw today, people were actually hoping to have gotten the axe because they immediately realized this is going to be an insanely toxic workplace. And so in getting laid off, they basically got a three-month vacay at full pay to find something new and a lot of people are like hey we're looking for people that do blah and they're going to be able to find jobs pretty quickly in a lot of cases and so like Mm -hmm. but thing is like apparently everybody in australia got fired and a bunch of not even the ones that worked at twitter just everybody in australia got fired i wonder how that plays into like international law apparently that breaks the law in australia as well they fired a bunch of departments like the entire ethics, transparency, and accountability team at Twitter is gone. Mm-hmm. The entire human rights team, the accessibility experience team, and the entire curation team, who were the folks who tackled misinfo, contextualized conversations via the Explore page, and helped make Twitter an unmatched source for breaking news. This will make Twitter noisier, more dangerous, and less interesting. Like, the people that would give descriptions under what he shitted or something, you know? Like, yeah. why why is a nonsense phrase trending? Or why is a sports figure named trending? And they would put the context. Or, yeah. you know, they're the ones that would flag the disinfo. The people that would curate the readers providing additional context thing. So, that thing earlier today where Twitter's where Elon was bitching about Twitter having a drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, quote mm-hmm. figures. People provided context. Reporting shows advertisers suspending or canceling ad buys over concerns with Twitter platform direction, especially as related to content moderation, and provided three links. And because he's Big Daddy Musk, he had that removed from his post. Right. But that would have been that was would have been like an automated thing that had already gone into place. So, but yeah, he was able to remove that. The other thing he did was he canceled all ERGs, which are employee resource group. So, within my day job and other day jobs I've had, you had like the gay employees group, the queer employees group, the the black employees group, the women in business group, and stuff like that, right? So yeah. he, he got rid of, which are very important for networking with other people within your within your community and being able to, to boost each other and move up within the company and stuff like that. And, you know, Twitter is a big corporation. They had a bunch of them, too. And he got rid of all of them. And that, that really affects uh, diversity and inclusion, which yeah. he also got rid of. So, I mean, of he's basically he trying to dial it back to a good old boys club, trying to make <laughs> it a gab or a parlor when you know twitter had the majority like it was the quote legitimate social media platform and 
people like a lot of companies have stopped advertising and such with it. Mm-hmm. Like they fired a bunch of their infrastructure team because they decided to fire the people that had contributed the quote unquote least to the code base. Yes. Which turns out to be most people that are working on the really hard shit like security and firewall and stuff like that. So he probably got rid of his most talented people. Yeah. The people that, that are working on like securing the data. Mm-hmm. You don't have to write a bunch of new code. You have to make sure it's still functioning and like the purpose of good code is that you take code out you refine it down yeah like panther's been working on this project for a long time that helps him with his day job and every time he is able to cut down a few lines of code he's very excited about that because he found a way to make it more efficient yeah that's not adding lines of code that's taking them away and to dipshits like elon who don't understand that they're just like it really shows that he knows fuck and all about virtually anything and that he just steps into these different industries and i guess he has a bunch of sycophants and yes men around him that enable him but he doesn't know how to do this shit like the pr communication team which was like a hundred people or so is down to like two like i cannot understand why he's doing this well i mean i can come up with some ideas like, he just really, really, really hates hard drive from getting from owning him that one time. He he tries to really hates trans people, and so he's going to, like, make the place incredibly toxic towards trans people because Grimes left him for Chelsea Manning, and he has a trans kid who hates his guts. You know, that's reasonable. I mean, you know, it's like when people like Glenner or J.K. Rowling go insanely anti-trans is because they got snubbed by somebody who went decided to go with someone who was trans over them and they took it as like a mortal slight Mm. you know it sucks really because i've had my fucking twitter account for 12 years i've had people that i'm mutuals with from way back in the beginning now thankfully most of those people i have contacts off of twitter but like for all these artists and writers and creatives that rely upon twitter to get their work out before the masses this kind of shit is incredibly distressing Mm -hmm. because yeah people are on there's co-hosts and mastodon and people post to fa and the like but it's not the same discoverability as like twitter you know i was wondering how long i'd been on twitter and it's 13 years joined july of 09 you know i have like april 2010 or whatever and i've had that account ever since and so you know there is that inertia but moving back to like the fucking title of the episode, the trust thermocline, it really is like Twitter's this party where everyone's kind of there because like, well, you know, my buddy's here. It kind of sucks. There's that guy over there in the corner screaming slurs. There's somebody who keeps posting their dick everywhere. But like a couple of my pals are here, so I guess I'll stick around. And then like just like two or three people decide to put on their coat and suddenly everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what the trust thermocline is. There's this thread by John Bull at Garius is basically like they finally make that change. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. And, you know, you can keep doing a thing, the same thing for several years. But unless you make things better, eventually people just say, ah, fuck it. That's like with Overwatch. Yep. They didn't do shit for a long time and they had a massive drop in players all of a sudden. Because they just, you know, raised the price or did more cosmetics and put stuff behind paywalls. And people just said, eh, fuck it. This isn't fun anymore. And they stopped. And then when that happens, people see that their friends have stopped playing. And then they stop playing. Yeah. And then they put out Overwatch 2 and it's 
the same thing with a, a two after it. So it's things just reach a tipping point in a system, yeah, and then it all goes. So funky. I'm gonna read some of these this thread because it's it's a good thread and puts it into better words than I can put it. So. One of the things I occasionally get paid to do by companies slash execs is tell them why everything seemed to suddenly go wrong and sub slash readers drop like a stone. So with everything going on at Twitter right now, time for a thread about the trust thermocline. What's a thermocline? Well, large bodies of water are made of layers of differing temperatures, like a layer cake. The top bit is where all the waves happen and has generally gradually decreasing temperature. Then suddenly there's a point where it gets super cold. That suddenly is important. There's reasons for it, science, but it's just a good metaphor. Indeed, you may also be interested in the thermocline of truth, which is a project management term of how things on a rag board all suddenly go from amber to red. But I digress. The trust thermocline is something that, over many years of digital, I have seen both digital and regular content publishers hit time and time again. Despite warnings, at least when I've worked there, it is a similar effect. You have lots of users, then suddenly, nope. And this does affect print publications as much as trendy digital media companies. They'll be flying along making loads of money with lots of users rolling out new products they get bought, or events, or sub-brands, and suddenly those people just abandon them. Often it's not even to new competitive products, but stuff they thought were already not a threat, nor is there a lot of obvious dissatisfaction reported from sales and marketing other than general grumbling, nor is it a general drift away, it's a sudden big slide. <clears throat> like we saw this a lot with Tumblr. When they banned the titties, they lost 20% of their users overnight and lost a massive amount of their traffic. So why does this happen? As I explained to these people in places, it's because they breached the trust thermocline. I asked them if they'd been increasing prices, changed service offerings, modified the product. The answer is normally, yes, but not much, and everyone still paid. Then I asked if they did that the year before. Did they increase prices last year, change the offering, modify the product? Again, yes, but not much. The answer is normally, yes, but not much, and everyone still paid. And the year before, yes, but not much, and everybody still paid. You get the idea. And this is where the trust thermocline kicks in, because too many people in C-service uses are always following an arc. They think that as long as usage is ticking up, they can do whatever they like to cost and product. And critically, they can just react when the curve flattens. But with a lot of content products, including social media, that's not actually how it works, because it doesn't account for sunk cost lock-in. Users and readers will stick to what they know, and use well beyond the point where they start to lose trust in it and you won't see that. But they will only move when they hit the thermocline, the point where their lack of trust in the product to meet their needs and the emotional investment they'd made in it have finally been outweighed by the physical and emotional effort required to abandon it. At this point, I normally get asked something like, so if we undo the last few changes and drop the price, will we get them back? And then I have to break the news to them that nope, that's not how this works. Hmm. Because you're past the thermocline now, you can't make them trust you again. And we're seeing this with a lot of ad companies. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of companies pause their ads with Twitter. Yeah. And as Musk continues to spiral into replying to every right wing reply guy that's in his Minchies, mm-hmm. like Ian Miles Chong, that people are going, oh, no, this isn't worth it. Like GM dropped their ads day one because GM's a fucking competitor to Tesla. They sell EVs and they're like, we're not going to give our fucking ad revenue, ad rev and ad campaigns to a competitor before that they'll see before we publish it that's fucking stupid the classic example of this behavior are digital subscription services where the product gets squeezed over time or print magazines they constantly ramp up their prices a little bit each year until it's too late virtually the only way to avoid catastrophic drop-off from breaching the trust thermocline is not to breach it i can count on one hand the times i've witnessed a company come back from it and not that they ever reach previous heights see fucking netflix like where i was exactly thinking of netflix because it was 8.99 a month when i first got my account 
Uh-huh. And then they like, oh, they increased it by 50 cents. Oh, they're increasing by a dollar. You know, and no, you it's... just kind of swallow that from year to year. Like, yeah, it's not that big an increase and I'm still using it. Now it's like fifteen forty nine after tax. And now they're like, oh, if you have extra users, it's going to cost extra. And if you we catch you with being logged in for multiple IPs, we'll charge you extra. So, yeah. And people, they've lost a whole shitload of subscribers and are just gutting their offerings, which doesn't encourage people to come back. I mean, And they also I- did social things like, you know, backing Chappelle and then giving him another show and stuff like that. And that, you know, that turned a lot of people off. Like, that turned a group of people off. The increase in price turned a group of people off. The more leftist programming turned the opposite group off. And it's just kind of slowly probably building. I mean, and on top of all that, they've killed some of shows. Netflix used to be the place that would save shows and give them the proper wrap-up and closure. You know, they do like one or two more seasons to tie everything up with a bow. And then everybody gets their closure. But now I don't, like, just like major networking such, I hesitate to get involved in a series because who knows if they're just going to leave me with blue balls again. Yeah, because now their reputation is they'll cancel anything after season two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here we have Netflix now doing that same bullshit. They used to be the, the saviors of this, and now they're playing by the same bullshit game as everybody else. And it's like, if I wanted to do this, I would just watch, you know, network TV. But fuck and, you. And that's why Panther and I, we don't generally start a series until we know it's gotten a couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. same. Because, like, a show that came out a while ago, that if it got canceled before it got a proper ending, we won't even bother starting. Exactly. Like, uh, I'll, I'll be yeah. like, or sometimes they'll just go to shit the second or third season, and it's like... Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that cartoon that you guys Tukan Brody. I was just gonna say No, no, no. Um the gear one. Um Gearlock. Oh Uh, fucking Genlock. Genlock. Genlock, yes. It was great and then it got bought out and moved to something season two and a lot of what I loved about it just died. Yep. It it might as well just be a different show. Including the one like not straight character they got. Yeah, the N B person. Uh, Val- Valentine? Yeah. I think they're yeah. Val. Val. Val slash Valentina, depending on how they were yeah, presenting at the fucking... time. Well, see, the thing is, the problem wasn't with them. The problem was, like, what they did in season two is the super straight guy starts to actually fall for them. And so they, like, kind of started opening up his um, sexuality a little bit. And then, uh, yep, spoilers for Genlock season two. Pretty much immediately kill him. And, and that pisses, pissed a lot of people. Oh, off. yeah. And like, it also had a, like, season one was very clear who the bad guys were. And then season two, it kind of turns that around and tries to make the fucking Christo fascists that are tricking people into killing themselves look like maybe the good guys make the other group not as like squeaky clean now i'm okay with a a little bit of moral like gray area in a drama like that because the world is shades of gray but like it really seemed like they completely changed the kind of moral or the kind of narrative that they were trying to tell yeah i'm 
glad I didn't bother with that then on season yeah. two. Like, I mean, Rooster Teeth has fallen to shit over the past several years anyway, so fuck those guys. Yeah. But going back to this, it's like the thread in question is like, I will admit that this is one of the reasons I am with sadness because I've got a lot of value out of this place watching Elon's current actions with regard to Twitter with Curious Horror because I've never seen someone make such a deep dive for the trust thermocline so quickly. That's why I've got about 20 big accounts I'm watching on here to see when they personally feel he crosses the threshold and begin shifting their main efforts and presence elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. that'll be the moment I suspect things will start changing very quickly. And as an addendum, I'm reminded of the time I was brought in to talk about this gaming company who I can't name. The marketing manager got super angry and was like, rubbish, we did loot boxing like this for five years in a row and people kept paying. And I'm like, mate, that's my <coughs> point. But yeah, the thing with Twitter is like people go, oh, well, this isn't fucking worth it. Like smart people got out a long time ago. But, like, you're sitting here and you're seeing shit continue to get worse and cutting infrastructure, cutting the people that handle reporting, cutting people that handle moderation of slurs. They've gutted everything that gave just the thinnest veneer of, hey, yeah, we'll totally handle that first name bunch of numbers that called you a faggot because that's just not there anymore. Like, there was an account today that was reporting people saying slurs to him, and he was getting replies back from the quote-unquote trust and safety team within minutes of them going, now they're fine, now they're fine, because it's just been set to automate. Mm. And so, like, he fired half the staff, and the people that got out are the ones that are going to win in the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was in the first round of layoffs from Citibank way back in the day, that I actually really lucked out because at that point the stock price was pretty good. And then they got caught up in the whole financial mess in 2008 and the stock price dropped for a while to virtually worthless. So the people that were in like waves two and three of the layoffs, like their 401ks were shit compared to what I'd built up when they got laid off and that's how i like was able to like pay my car payment and jurds and shit but in the months between jobs but something i was gonna say i bet you Tuca and birdie briefly so like season one of Tuca and birdie was on netflix didn't get renewed got picked up by adult swim which is owned by warner brothers so they later they moved season three was exclusive to hbo max and they also had season two. But they didn't have season one because that was on Netflix. Yeah. Which is kind of a pain in the ass. And but then... you know the story with HBO Max and um, you know Warner being acquired by Discovery. Yeah, they've been axing lots and lots and lots of animated content. And Tuca and Birdie is the latest victim in that round. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Hannawalt, the uh, creator, tweeted the other day that, you know... Dugan Birdie has now been canceled and she had uh, ideas and stuff for where she wanted to go with it and how she ultimately wanted to end it and um, maybe we'll see that one day in some form or whatever but you know it's not going to be for a while and that's really unfortunate yeah I mean, uh, but let me um, let me share some good news uh-huh. because something you mentioned earlier you mentioned J.K. Rowling and, and transphobia, and um, recently uh, comments from uh, Daniel Radcliffe, famously played Harry Potter in the Harry Potter film series. Basically, he came out and was like, "Nah, <laughs> not everybody uh, in the cast that worked on the films was agrees with J.K.'s." points of view and you know basically made a very pro-trans rights um statement and the right has utterly lost their shit about this you know, how dare he 
this woman made him who he was and you know shit like immediately going to that he should be grateful to her forever and you know and then i saw somebody else point out actually was the casting director and chris columbus the director who cast him as harry potter and he was already an accomplished child actor when he went up for the role yeah so jk rowling had nothing personally to do with him getting a life-changing eight film and role he's still who i see in my head when harry potter comes up he yeah he's one of those he fit the role perfectly and that's what my brain sees but um harry hermione and um ron ron their actors have all come out in favor of trans rights um since Rawlings started her campaign of transphobia yeah it's like and something they pointed out they were like these kids literally grew up in the film industry there's a lot of queer people working in the film industry they were around hair and makeup all day you know all the creative types costume designers costume designers like yeah it's a stereotype but it's true to an extent you know we're we're very represented in, in those areas in film and theater and so yeah they they didn't grow up with a chip on their shoulder about queer people you know like you know they're they're also of the millennial kind of age group so like yeah it's kind of to be expected but just the fucking right wing and the transphobes absolutely flipping their shit Oh, of course. This, I mean, the British you know? on Turf Island. It's this parental, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out of it That's, type that's shit, what it feels know? like, yeah. And it's like, I don't know you shit. You didn't actually have anything to do with my career as an actor beyond, like, you made the character in a story that then got optioned later into a film series. Like, you had this spark, but yeah, it was the people that made the movies that actually made... Radcliffe as the fucking actor that he is and he's you know he's still acting and doing other shit but like yeah that kid made his bank doing Harry Potter but he's gone on to do other things so you know whatever I like that he made enough bank on Harry Potter and was smart enough not to blow it all that now he just basically makes whatever the fuck he wants yeah there's some real weird shit he's made <laughs> well, and there is, there is that, that joke because his latest film is weird it's playing Weird Al in the biopic of weird al yankovic's life nice and uh, it's like daniel radcliffe's agent hey i got a script for you i don't know is it weird oh yeah it's weird (laughs) it's like the trailer for the for the weird al yankovic and uh which apparently the director said we made we made sure that it was in no way based on or we did no research into weird al's actual life we we promise that's a guarantee nice (laughs) they just made something up about weird al that's the that that was what the director was jokingly saying Mm. yeah (laughs) but yeah he's in a position where he can do what he wants say what he wants and yeah you know fuck it apparently the actor that played haggard died recently yeah he did and he was a turf so fuck him oh was he yeah he took Rowling's side, mm. saying oh, well. that she had been unfairly canceled. Sympathy offline. Yeah. <laughs> so, I will talk about something fun that I went to this last weekend. So, we have started doing a pop-up market that happens every two weeks at a New Age shop in Fort Worth called Maven's Moon. And it's a little, you know, it's an outdoor thing. There's drum circles, there's musicians, there's singers, there's fire dancers, 
people bring their stuff and set up. You know, there's people that do tarot card readings. There's people selling stones and jewelry. I got a really cool copper bracelet from a dude that he like hand hammers and etches himself. There's a gal that was selling her homemade jellies. And it's always a really fun time. But this was the new moon thing and it was also close to Halloween. So it was their costume stuff. So, you know, everyone's in their elves and their wizards and their, you know, cart. Like there was a dude dressed as the Green Arrow, but like the CW version of Green Arrow. So he had the he had the body to fucking do it. He was actually pretty hot, Uh, but he had the green hooded leather vest with the orange Mm -hmm. glasses there was family cosplays of like the characters from demon slayer but the ones that really stood out to me was there was a couple that came together as next generation starfleet officers amongst all the fantasy and the normal shit there was a captain and her lieutenant commander head of security and they were there amongst all the fairies were were they scanning all (coughs) the people you know they really should have brought themselves a tricorder prop and just gone around just scanning things. Either that or, Captain. like, badly made, like, trying to dress up. Like, they try to put on, like, you know, a, a hoodie or something or to blend. Or just get, you know, like, a Velcro-bottomed tribble, pop it on their shoulder. I thought that was really kind of one of the highlights of the night. No, no, no. See, on the missions, when they beam down and, oh, it's a culture, and, oh, we have to hide, they just kind of grab stuff and throw it on over their uniforms and try and badly blend in. Um, <laughs> but that's that's been a lot of fun. And it's kind of funny because it's the whole, like, I need to, like, you know, I need to get you around some better influences. Like how I did for my sister getting her into some of the furry shit that she got into. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm kind of doing that same thing for my parents. <laughs> I need to get you in front of some better influences. Get you away from these churchy weirdos. Let's go meet some of the pagans. They're nicer people. Less um, judgy. But it's been a lot of fun to do those. Like, the next one is here on the 12th. And hopefully the weather will be better. Because, I mean, there's... You know, it's not a lot of money, but it's also not expensive to set up, and it's just a one-day thing amongst, like, some very nice, weird people, and has really good vibes. Like, and I would much rather do shit like that than Weatherford, you're trying to sell tchotchkes to rednecks with MAGA hats on, you know? I don't think I'll see any MAGA hats rolling around at fucking Maven's. I, I don't think she would tolerate that. Because as a shop owner, she's out there, she's always talking to folk, doing, like, leading the event so i think if people got up to shit she wouldn't tolerate that but that that has been fun like i'm glad that i've found that as like a pop-up market like it's it's work and it's a pretty late night when i get it done but it's fun mm. what if maga stood for mavens are great ah yeah then that would be well and what's also nice is that like only about half the vendors showed up on uh the 28th because it would have been moist it had been raining a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but the night was clear. And so, like, you kind of get that in their good graces because you showed up when it was a little iffy. Right. And she could be mad at the other vendors that didn't show up. That was my kind of cool thing. Because, like, mm-hmm. a lot of recently has been, you know, doctor's appointments and adulting, helping my parents do their shit. Yeah. Like, the problem is when you, you know, about to hit 40 and you have parents to you have to take care of, too. You have to adult for three sometimes. But you got to forget that fun where you, where it is, where you can, you know? So that, that was kind of my one cool thing is that there was the Trek nerds at the hippie pagan thing. My one cool thing is that I retweeted a video ad for a, um, a masturbator for people with penises that would be being advertised as a banana washer 
<laughs> and the ad was, you just put your banana in it, and it's this little cuff-like thing that rapidly moves up and down. So it's like a mas- like an auto-masturbator? Uh-huh, yeah. It's a banana washer. And, it, and they were using a banana, a banana, a banana, banana <laughs> to, uh, to show how it worked. And, like, and a suction cup, you can... You can stick it on anywhere for convenience. <laughs> your side of your sink, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, you know, so for hands-free banana washing. That's right. <laughs> the banana did look very clean. Thank God for editing, right? Tomorrow is the Pokemon Go throwback community day for Dratini. So if you need to get yourself some little purple dragons... You now's can... a good time. Now's a good time. Hey, Dratini, um, don't you be a meanie. Which, I mean, this this episode will not be out by the time the event happens. So, like, if you're listening to this and are like, oh, shit, Pokemon Go, you missed it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Sven. No Dratini for you. No. But, yeah, it's like, you know, we're past Halloween. Didn't really do much for Halloween other than just kind of... I think we just sat home and watched Star Trek. We don't get trick-or-treaters where we live. We got a surprisingly large number of trick-or-treaters. Oh. We're usually lucky to get between one and three groups of, you know, parents and kids. We got, I don't know, like 15? Nice. And, you know, some of them were teenagers. It's like, whatever, take some fucking candy. You know, yay, Halloween. Look, they've um, missed the last couple of Halloweens, too, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's like, I don't care if you're a fully grown adult and you show up in a costume, I'm giving you a Snickers. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, surprisingly a lot. Uh, this weekend, we've got to gut the lawn of all the inflatable pumpkins and start laying. So we're splurging this year. Uh-huh. Uh, we're actually going to get some lights put up on the house. Oh, fun. So they're doing that, like two saturdays from now or something like that or maybe it's a week from next i don't know i lost track it's soon um but we're gonna actually do like the christmas bullshit like outdoors a little bit more sane we're leaving like all the electrical that we ran for all the stupid halloween bullshit for the christmas bullshit and we're just gonna probably pull all of the stupid inflatables out of their things this weekend blow them up to make sure that the motors still work you know, and they're still alive because for some reason you put them up and then sometime in the next year they decide I worked when I went in the box. When I come out of the box, I'm dead. No reason, just because sunspots. So see what survived, see what did not, make some plans on where we want to put stuff and then see what other kind of dumb shit I can find to put on the lawn. Before you guys leave tonight, you need to see the fucking dumbass husky I bought. Okay. Or I think I showed you last week, the one with like the- You showed me the picture of it. You didn't show me the physical thing. Well, it's got, I got the box. It's the same as the picture. Oh, okay. Oh my God. It's so special. It's a very stupid looking husky. It is very stupid looking husky. But my, my Christmas lawn ornaments are mainly animal themed, predictably so. Got a couple dinosaurs, a couple huskies, more huskies this year, a couple kitties. I've got a narwhal. I'm really proud of my narwhal. I have nice. a Christmas narwhal. Um, <laughs> so I don't have any inflatables, but the Pokemon Center website did up, you know, put up their Christmas shit for sale, mm-hmm. and I bought an Eevee Christmas sweater. Oh God! It's a it's an Eevee pulling a string of lights around your torso. It's very cute. And also one of the little Eevee uh, on a sled Christmas ornaments. That's so cute. I was like, okay, fine. Because I have that of that one Christmas sweater that just says 
naughty with a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a tangle of Christmas lights, but it's also kind of old and the print has gotten a bit cracked on it. So I was like, well, I have very few times that I'll wear these Christmas sweaters, but this one's Evie and it's cute. So it's time. why not? I mean, it's so funny, though, because Pokemon's been around since 96. The people that were like 10 when that came out, people like my age, are now adults. With money. With money, and they buy the stupid Christmas Village bullshit. They buy the Christmas train stuff. And you know what Pokemon has? A full Christmas train set up, and every piece is like 40 bucks. I am somehow not surprised. Do you want a little train station that has a bunch of Pokemon figurines? Do you want a bakery that has a bunch of Pokemon figurines? Do you want a train with a bunch of Pokemon figurines on it? They've got you situated. They got one where it's a Snorlax sleeping on the train tracks. It's a segment with like I'm a champ trying to wake it up. You want to know how much that is? 40 bucks. Everything Christmas village they have, $40. And you know, as an adult, if you're real into Christmas shit and also Pokemon, it's right up your alley. So like, it's funny because Pokemon is now an adult brand as well. Like, yeah, the next game comes out in two weeks. But they're already putting out, like, the Sprigatito plushes. People getting their little weed cat official plushies. But they have fucking Pokemon Crock-Pots. They're Crock-Pots. You buy them at Box Lunch at the mall. And it's just, yo, here's a slow cooker with a Pikachu on it. Why? Because I'm an adult that likes Pokemon. Why not? You know, it's like ha- finding Disney-branded shit that people <clears throat> would buy as adults. Oh, or like... You know, you, you want your Mickey Mouse stand mixer? Okay, well, here's your Pikachu I've, one. I've got adult friends that have the little you know the mini shoulder the mini backpacks they're like that's a pikachu or an eevee mm-hmm. or an eevee with a witch hat on they have seasonal pokemon mini backpacks i forget the company name and i'm like those are cute as hell so you know pokemon is an adult brand now as much as it is for kids so get yourself a waffle maker that makes pokeball shaped waffles why not I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, my folks were like, at some point, you're going to have to give that shit up. And here I am in my 40s. And it's, it's, it's like, I do. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> and it's like a lot of people are generations called bullshit. Because when my parents were kids, at some point, their folks just went and threw out all their toys. Oh, man. I'm Every time I hear stories of that shit, it just makes me so mad. My parents never did that shit. Same. Like. But, like, I've heard, it's like, oh, yeah, my mom gave away my N64 when I went to college. You know, that's how I got my copy of Final Fantasy VI that had hundred at least 165 hours of somebody's life on it for $4 before Half Price Books went to their bullshit eBay pricing schema. Mm-hmm. You know, because they went to college and mom gave away all their shit. And I went there one day and just sitting on the shelf was a copy of Final Fantasy fucking VI for the SNES with a battery that still worked and a save file of 99.59 and two that 65 hours where their only difference was one had Excalibur as a sword and one had Excalibur as a magicite and that was like one of the that was like one of the only differences where you had to make a choice in the game mm-hmm. and so yeah like people giving away their kids shit when they move to college is just such a foreign thing to me and so a lot of adults or a lot of the kids that had that happen to them as adults go back and are like they're the Funko Pop buyers 
or they're the people that are just like, yo, I'm really into Star Wars, so I'm going to like collect retro versions of that shit. That's why you can buy the retro versions of He-Man toys at Target to this day, because they reissued them. Because someone threw out their toys long ago and they could finally have it back again. Yeah, and so like, yeah, there can be some real man-children that do that shit, but like for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, I had the the Castle Grayskull when I was a kid, and my mom sold it as a garage sale for $3.00. Well, I really like He-Man or whatever, and I want to have that as an adult because I make good money. I had that and the fucking mountain skeletal lizard. Yeah. As a kid, I had the the slime pit from that one, Mm -hmm. and the slime got on the carpet and dried there, and and it never got out. (laughs) Oh, God. When I had stuff like that, my parents threatened me with death if I got any of that slime on the carpet. Because it does not come out. It like, does not come out. I But no, I got threatened with death if I got... <laughs> I learned certain toes that when my parents meant it, and I learned not to get that shit on the carpet. <laughs> and like, and to this day, the collector's shit for like the Star Wars Black Series toys or... They've, I've recently seen the Gargoyles has gotten a resurgence in toys, the NECA versions... There was a Demona mm. figurine that had both the extended wings and the cloak wings that attachments. But I also think there's a Xanatos in his red gargoyle armor. And you're like, if I come across that, I'm fucking buying that. Because I always thought as a kid that was the coolest fucking shit. And I fucking loved gargoyles. Like, it was a great I show. I loved gargoyles. It was, you know, people have their Disney after do stuff. Gargoyles was mine. And it had Keith David and fucking... Uh, Jonathan Frakes, Marina, Marina Sirtis. They had a bunch. I had Brent Spiner in there as Puck. Yeah, it's like TNG. It was like TNG cast in doing the voice of this shit. Like ah, nerdy <laughs> nostalgia bullshit. Yes. Every time Xanatos talks, it's just like I just hear Riker. It's like <laughs> he yeah. even kind of looks like Frakes did as Riker. Yeah, you know, really like did. And and of course, you know he's popping up to voice roles on like lower decks mm-hmm. and including still, Riker <laughs> as Riker specifically of the Titan. And, and I love him because he pokes fun at Riker too. Oh yeah. I love yeah. my job. Yeah. We're, we're caught up on that. And so that was <sighs> the, the last episode. This is how you, you step over the back of the chair and you plunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love ransom. You gotta watch out for that USS Dallas. Yeah. And the Alito. <laughs> when uh, when he said bring the Dallas online, HX went, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching. And the Star Trek Lower Decks fan, and we don't say I love you. I say, we say, we'll burn your heart in a fire. And I really <clears> think <throat> that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, Lower Decks is really good. This is where we kind of like diverge off to being old nerds. And that's perfectly fine because, yeah, like, you know, Twitter is fun in bringing shit into your purview if you curate your space really well and like there's lots of other cool shit out there but in the end like the stuff that'll really stick around are connections and like you make on like telegram or on facebook or whatever you know like most of my activity on my positive interactions are the fucking telegram group the the south pause fan chat you know, oh no, we somebody left the chat. I'm gonna have to look at them and judge them harshly. <laughs> um, but you know, like it's a consistent group where it's you know we bring up the topics of the day and also people fucking porn, porn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like there's discussions about the weather, discussions about Twitter, pictures of 
wolf and Diane Foxington boning. Lots mm-hmm. of those. Rahata being like, wow, here's a picture of the storm going on at my place. And then Zootopia porn. And somebody linking about the Final Fantasy XIV Stratocaster guitar, which is $3,500. You know, it's a good space. And, like, I feel like we've curated a really group, good group in there. Mm-hmm. So... Like, that's the kind of community that is more durable than, you know, being on Twitter. Because, like, yeah, eventually, I don't think the Twitter will exist as a website you want to fuck with. But, like, as long as you have those connections and take them elsewhere, you'll probably be fine. Like, that being said, if you're an artist or someone with a t- with a con- uh, attachment to your tweets, I would say yeah, the best time to get an archive of your shit was two weeks ago. But the second best time to do it is now. So, like, if you're an artist that doesn't have everything backed up, you really need to pull your shit down from Twitter and back that shit up to, like, Tumblr or Newgrounds or For Affinity or, or whatever, Pixiv, you know, pick your fucking poison because using Twitter as an art repository is not great. Like, this one artist, Simsy, who does really, really good, primarily got their start doing Zootopia porn, like, it was this one three pick series of diane and uh mr wolf like they'll post like one of the three to for affinity and be like the rest is on my twitter and i think they really need to get around to posting all their shit because twitter as a website does not necessarily have the most legs left also Um, trying to find people's work on twitter can be hard in amongst like all the retweets and such yeah, like, if an artist has a cluttered media tab, I am super not inspired to go looking down. Like, I really prefer it in many ways that uh, when people have just an art Twitter. Like, here's where I post just my art, and they have a personal. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that way I can browse their art and see their art and not, like, have it interspersed with a bunch of, like... Retweets. And... Retweets or giveaways or complaining or whatever but that's just me because yeah twitter doesn't have that long to live probably people are like yeah i wouldn't expect this website to be around in the next two years but who knows someone has that has posted the uh the picture of the lettuce that was Liz trust with a <laughs> yeah uh, with a photo of the twitter uh logo so we'll see if if moscone twitter outlasts the lettuce <laughs> give it time I don't have some things. I don't know how he can keep the company going with the amount of people he's gutted out of it. And the the revenue and like the infrastructure costs that he wants to cut. People have broken down a lot of what things, at least on paper, are going to cost. And like just the servicing fees on the loan that he made is going to be like a billion dollars a year. Yep. And so, where's the post? Someone posted a screen cap of it, goddammit. Where it was like, yeah, like, even if 5% of the average daily users got Twitter blue for 8 bucks a month or whatever, he would be barely making more than the fees and costs of the, the loan he got. Mm-hmm. So, he's really, yeah... What I paid in cash, $27 billion. Loan I owe, $13 billion. Fees on the loan, a billion a year. What I earn if all verified users pay $8 a month is $38.4 million. 5% of all million daily active users pay $8 a month is $1.15 billion a year. Someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this. My website is dying. So there's literally no way that this dude comes out ahead. Like, I really think he's just bitterly dismantling the website and crashing into the ground 
Yep. Because he cannot purchase the one thing that he wants, and that's universal adoration. And it has driven him insane. You can't make the internet love you. You can't be a poster. You're a reply guy. A poster, a true poster, makes funny, witty tweets and doesn't have to, like, go out of their way to be rude. A reply guy is the guy who replies with laugh emojis to other people's funny shit. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the former, but he's only ever going to be the latter. So, what? He's a fuck. Yeah, he really is a shit. <laughs> fuck him. I hate his guts. And I'm really annoyed that he's fucking up the hell site. Like, this is my shitty website. This is my shitty bar. Fuck you for fucking it up. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, the Londoner kind of sucked. But the new guys really fucked it up, and that makes me mad, because this was my shithole. What, the Londoner got bought and fucked up? or I don't know if it got bought, but it got fucked up, and so like my crew has stopped going there. Wait, We've... what got fucked up about it? Uh, they cut back massively on the rotators, they cut back on the staff, they changed the music selection to be less pub and more modern club music. Mm. Fuck, they it's not cut... the vibe of that place. They cut back on doing like soccer events and football events. And, yeah, like, they can't keep their staff. Like, we've rotated. The last time, a couple times we went, we wrote, we had three different waiters on three different nights. The, the, three, the three Sunday nights we went. And mm. so, like, their food prices have gone up. There was not a beer under $7. Like, it was a fucking shithole by the end of it. And eventually, we all said, fuck it. And we collectively chose to do go to a different place. But, again, we hit the trust thermocline with the Londoner. Because we'd gone there for literally 10 years. Yeah. We started doing the planning for Nightmare Nights there in August of 2012. Mm-hmm. And we stopped going there in October 2022. So they lasted about 10 years before we finally had enough and went somewhere else. And you know what? It's $4 Texas pints at fucking Flying Saucer. That's a lot cheaper. And... There's no mystery drips from the pipes in the ceiling. No, uh, whoa, <laughs> no uh, fucking chandelier of Damocles that hangs above the table in the corner that you have to look up and move before you stand up so you don't <clears throat> impale your head upon it. Mm. There has been many a blood sacrifice made to the Londoner in that manner. Yeah, it, it sucks, but they started to suck more than we enjoyed going. And finally, we said, fuck it, and went to another place. This is like the uh, the Holiday Inn that Mephit was hosted at. Yeah. That was, it started off as a, as a pretty nice place, a decent hotel, and the staff were always really wonderful. And it just got bought by new owners who didn't upkeep the building. And the staff were, were still great to deal with, but they had lights that burned out and weren't fixed for like three years not because it was a bad bulb but because it was like an electrical issue and just mold and the water feature broke and was never repaired and it just kind of gradually became shittier and shittier until the con was eventually like <laughs> yep it's time to move that was the one by the airport right yeah yeah did you see the, the picture i just the one you put in not bros yeah 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 What's wrong, babe? <laughs> it's a dude-eating pussy, but she's like a lemon lady, lemon girl. And he does the... the does this pucker face. A pucker face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that happens in a lot of places, but like, it's a bummer when it happens, but then you find someplace else and it's like, oh, okay, this is better. Like, the food's more expensive where we're going now, but 
It's also like cheaper beers. So it balances out. It's it's closer to everybody else but me, but only like five minutes further out. So is this the one in Addison? No, it's over in like Capel. Oh, it's brand new. Ah, like it's so funny Wait, because didn't the one in Addison close? Yeah. Okay. It's in Capel, and like the area is so new and so non-organic as a thing uh-huh. like it has streets and lights and grids and street parking for buildings that don't exist huh. so like there's this core of buildings and there's businesses <clears throat> that have relocated there it's by north lake and the thing is like the sign is like do not fucking swim in this lake yeah we call this the marina but don't you fucking touch this water dude do not because it is insanely contaminated with like coal ash because north lake was a cooling lake for two power stations that no longer exist there. Oh, and so I... they're building this fancy ass apartments and bullshit on insanely contaminated land. You cannot grow anything there that is not potentially toxic. It's it's so stupid that they're doing this. So you know, that's capitalism, baby. Yeah, it's like we we put a fountain in the lake and we put our like waterfront thing. And don't you fucking get in that water, man! You will fucking die. You will get cancer. <laughs> Yeah, coal ash, man. Don't fuck with it. Wow. But yeah, that's a capitalism, baby. Sure is. But yeah, like you see this with a lot of things. Eventually <coughs> it just gets shitty enough and people stop going and yeah. that's how things die. Yeah, it's just it, the prices go up and the staff gets crappier. The food gets crappier and just there's going to come a point when so much piles up, you just say fuck it and walk away. So Yeah. So that's the trust thermocline, baby. When you finally reach the point of, eh, never mind, and your friends agree with you, you just have to find somewhere else to go. Yeah. Because, so, you well, know. People don't yet know their na- your name, but maybe they will. Yeah. I mean, hey. Day. They weren't super busy on the Sunday, and so we were able to get a similar type spot uh, in, in the corner. And, you mm-hmm. know, with them, you have to go to the bar to get your, get your drink. Mm-hmm. But... It's a small space, so you don't have to go very far. And four bucks a pint on Sundays is <clears throat> fucking great compared to the Londoner. So mm. I'll take that. Just how could they get rid of like the soccer matches and such at the fucking Londoner? They got rid of like all the rotators. Rotators. The uh, rotating draft. The rotating drafts. Oh. So like, oh yeah, you can get a Michelob, you can get a fucking PBR, but they're not going to get like the five twelve pecan or chocolate stout that. You know, yeah. whatever makes the when we went there in fucking September when they had all their Oktoberfest rotators, uh-huh. they were sold out of four of the five <coughs> they had. They were still on the menu, but they're like, oh, we're out. Okay, what about that one? We're out. What about that one? Well, well, take it off the fucking menu. Yeah, it it really put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So, yeah, that this is a really good personal experience uh, example of. When everybody decides collectively, this sucks, and we all leave. Yeah. Because, I mean, we would get groups of, like, ten people sometimes and have bills of hundreds of dollars. I mean, I remember going there a couple times with you guys years ago, and it sucked then. Yeah. But it kept sucking harder, and it finally reached the point of maximum suckage where people stopped wanting to go there. Yeah. Even if it's your spot. And yeah, this yeah. is our spot. It sucks, but it's our spot. It's like, no, it's no longer our spot because it sucks too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's, it is what it is. That's a capitalism, baby. That's what fucking Twitter up is dudes 
with more money than sense, putting themselves in massive financial holes. Big dickheads and tight financial holes. Triple X, baby. Yep. <laughs> so Tumblr's relaxed a little bit now, but it won't you can have nudes. Me. You can't f- have fucking. So you can post titties, but you can't like put a dildo in you or have it in your art. Yeah. You so could go, you could post female like, presenting. Honestly, nipples. if Twitter, if Tumblr actually let smut come back, they could recapture a bunch of market share. But like even being able to post like nudes and stuff probably helps them out a lot. I made a Tumblr today just to have a backup. I made a co-host today just to have a backup. I'm not going to rejoin Mastodon. I learned my fucking lesson after what happened with Snouts. Mm. Um, I think I missed that drama. Yeah, I explain later. It's really long and stupid. But, you know, I have those backups, but I'll probably be on Twitter until it fucking hits the point of, eh. Like, if anything, I'll fucking nuke my main before I nuke my AD. We'll see how it goes. Like, the next couple weeks will be very exciting from the observation stage and probably less so on the infrastructural stage. We might yet see the return of the fail well. <laughs> yeah. Too big to fail? Wait, do you remember back <clears throat> in the day when Twitter was over capacity, there'd be this image of, like, oh, yeah. the birds carrying the whale off? Right. Yeah, it was nicknamed the fail whale. Yeah, we may yeah, yet we see that. Seen that how long well big boys cutting a billion dollars in their costs for infrastructure so i still love that someone on their way out you know banned banned him briefly yes it didn't last long but it was a good fuck it was a fuck you who banned an outgoing employee banned elon musk briefly on twitter actual elon musk because i've seen actual elon musk i've seen the at elon musk where like the one of the letters is slightly different and it still shows up as a suspended account well people have also changed the uh, a number of verified accounts have changed their display names to elon musk and used his this was the app though okay well, no i'm like, saying that yeah. like okay. people have been impersonating him but that's enough to get you nuked off the site <laughs> calling people you know a pile of slurs won't get you suspended but putting saying your big, big daddy, daddy musk, musk is <laughs> you're gonna get suspended like Chris Warcraft and a couple other people that would just be like, "Oh yeah, you know, they nothing... probably knew that I'm leaving, so let's get." Yeah, it's like, you. "See ya, bitches, I'm out." So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's one way to do it. Rename yourself as Elon Musk and say you start your morning with a hot glass of warm piss, <laughs> um, and getting suspended for it. Man, I remember just a few years ago, or a couple years ago, I guess I changed my display name to Musky Husky. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're on this. We're in here until we get kicked out, I guess. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, I will continue posting pictures of Adam being sad because of storms, pictures of my banana peppers, which are just going ham. I'll post pictures of my, my banana cleaners. Yeah, very important. You know, just use it till you lose it and. You know, make sure you have your backups and honestly, make sure you have contact information for people that you like to talk to on Twitter Mm. for like Telegram or other websites, because, you know, there's no guarantee the site will be around in a month, let alone two years. Well, the way he's gutting the infrastructure. Yeah. Like, I expect that we will see the fail whale occur during uh, the election day coming up here on Tuesday. Maybe this was a, a cap from an article. I don't remember. There's like somewhere in the Twitter infrastructure, there is a hard drive that would gradually get filled up and it would be somebody's job to go and delete everything off of it. 
And now the next time that happens, it's just going to fill up, and then the whole site's going to come down. <laughs> yep. Yep. If we do piddly little maintenance that nobody wanted to sink the money into actively fixing because we could just have a human you do know, it. Right. Twitter well, has 15 years of technical debt baked into it, and you just carved off half your half your staff and most of your senior coders. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of you know, mystery laptop do not close bullshit that is gonna <laughs> right. to, like, mm-hmm. do not unplug break like oh the the magic or more magic button do not turn it to magic it has to be on more magic or else the internet stops working oh uh, i don't know that reference <laughs> uh just look it up but it's okay. an old anecdote where like there was this one electrical breaker in this one place that was labeled magic or more magic and if you turned it <laughs> to just regular magic it stopped working but if you had more magic the breaker like gave enough juice to some other part of the building that the infrastructure would work. It's an huh. old anecdote, but yeah, like there's 15 years of baked in cruft and random shit. And like you said there with the hard drive filling up, that needs to be cleared every few days, all that oral history. That's not necessarily documented is mm-hmm. gone. That's called he, tribal knowledge. That's he fired load bearing yeah. engineers and he doesn't know it yet. But we're going to find out in the next couple weeks when no. shit breaks randomly and loudly. No. So he, if he took down all this, what if he got a breach right now? Oh, he fired a lot of his cybersecurity I people. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That he got, this would be a perfect time to breach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he lost remember, the people that might be able to save his ass. Remember when there was that big Bitcoin thing and like the they were compromising a shitload of verified accounts to shill Bitcoin and crypto bullshit? Mm-hmm. Like, remember when that happened? It took him a day to get it fixed. And that was at like full power. Imagine if that happens again and the crypto bros start like hijacking random verified at accounts and talking about like the greatest new exploit and bitcoin swapping or whatever yeah money doublering and just you know send all your f to here and dumb shits will lose a bunch of their fake money and they won't really have a way to fix it immediately because they fired all the people that could fix it yep so you know don't click random links to go to twitter so we are past an hour five which you know not really surprising because there's a lot to talk about but that Mostly being said, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the big news of the week. Like, it sucks, but unfortunately, it is a major social space that's been compromised by a rich fuckhead. Yeah, at this point, it burning is kind of like just schadenfreude. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing we can do. We are but plebeians. Like, the whole getting mad or worked up about the election. We all voted. We've done our fucking part. Like, I have to fucking disconnect from that shit because I've got adulting to do elsewhere, you know? So, like, yeah. Like, losing Twitter is a space to bitch and post dog pictures. That would suck. But, you know, rich motherfuckers who've never been told no in their lives with more money than God decided to fuck it up for everybody else. I mean, we've seen a number of sites through the years become the new hotness and then slip to become a next one. Like... Live, Live journal, journal, MySpace, to, yeah, uh, Tumblr to a degree. Yeah, um, we've seen the rise and fall of many media outlets. forums. Remember those? Yeah. Um, mailing lists, mailing lists, attack web mailing rings. Lists. Yeah, I mean we've seen a number of these rise and fall, and at some point Twitter will fall, whether it's Musk's doing or something else. Yep. Yeah. So the, the moment we have 
Telegram still, so you should join us in our Telegram fan chat. The link is going to be in the show notes, as always. You can also uh, remain your connection to the community by, you know, buying some books at forplanet.com. Buy some books. Baddogbooks.com. You can get some physical media that brings you into connection with the fandom. You can be like, look, here's a printed book by Tempe Okun. The Windfall. Windfall. I couldn't remember the name of the book. Damn it. Um, now I can't remember the other one. There's the Six, Windfall Six and wild. its sequel. And Wind Six is Wild or Kyle Gold yeah. and his Out of Position series at all. You know, like, there's ways you can connect the community that way. Go to our, you know, if you like what we provide to the community as a podcast somehow, you can go to patreon.com slash southpawscast and donate a buck per episode. That'd be great, you know? Give us a little bit of walking around money. Give us some taco money. Give us some pastry money. That'd be cool. Beyond that, really just find us on Telegram because that's where we're at. Like, Twitter can burn, but, you know building resilient communities on telegram is a way forward that isn't going to necessarily be fucked up by billionaire oligarchs as far as we know yet (laughs) so on that cheerful note good night and And ah